This is a podcast by The Straits Times. This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, we have recently been reminded that the Taiwan Strait is one of the world's most dangerous flashpoints. Last month, September 18th and 19th to be precise, China sent dozens of warplanes into Taiwan's defense identification zone across the median line in the Taiwan Strait that has long been tacitly acknowledged as an unofficial border. Taiwan Air Force jets, of course, responded. In fact, they have had to scramble so often that Taiwan's president, Tsai Ing-wen, just the other day visited Gangshan Air Base in Kaohsiung to learn about the maintenance challenges for Taiwan's F-16, supplied, of course, by the United States. Now, in case anyone watching this does not know this fact of life, Beijing regards Taiwan as a wayward province and has never renounced the, the use of force to bring the island under its control. Of course, Taiwan is also a successful democracy. Its management of the coronavirus threat has been remarkable and has brought it global praise, and the U.S. supplies it with weapons. While Washington sticks to its one-China policy, which means it does not recognize Taiwan as an independent state in its own right, it has been pushing the envelope within that space in the context of its intensifying competition with China. Washington has sent high-level visitors to Taiwan, for instance. All this annoys China. To walk us through the implications of what is going on, this week our own global correspondent, Go Sunoi in Singapore, is with us. Sunoi has done two stints in China and one in Taiwan back in 1999 from 1999 to 2002, I believe. Sunoi, it's nice to have you back on Asian Insider. We should have more of you, actually, but it's nice to have you back anyway. Thank you. Thanks for making time. So, Sunoi, um, you know, all our focus has been on this largely on the South China Sea. And of course, in the US where I sit, the focus is very, very domestic, but a lot on China because of the US-China relationship, which is really at loggerheads. Now, let's uh, coming down to the realities of what has been going on in recent weeks. Is the median line, in effect, meaningless now? Is that a fair comment? And, and what are the implications? Um, the median line uh, is not meaningless just yet. As um, well, we, it is true that China has said recently that uh, the line does not exist, but it has never also denied that uh, the line was there. So, um, if you looked at uh, what has been happening, um, its incursion of the median line, it has always been in response to what it sees as. Uh, treading of its red line as far as Taiwan is concerned. So it thinks that the US has um, um, reneged on its one China policy by sending high level officials to, uh, to Taiwan. And where Taiwan is concerned, they feel that Taiwan has been pushing the envelope on independence. So if you look back at uh, the median line, which came uh, about in 1954, the Chinese have uh, only in, um, crossed it in a few instances. So from 1954 to 1999, nothing happened. And in 1999, July 1999, it sent aircraft across the median line. Why? So if you looked at that time, that was when then Taiwan President Li Teng Hui 
propounded this idea that the relationship between the two sides uh, was special state-to-state -state relations. And this, to the, to the Chinese, really, really crossed that red line of uh, separatism. The next incursion was 2011, and that was when Chinese were actually uh, trying to intercept a US U-2 reconnaissance plane, and that was why they, they crossed that line. And then mm -hmm. fast forward to 2019, you know, last year, uh, it sent two aircraft across that line. And that was because Tsai Ing-wen, President Tsai Ing-wen, who is uh, uh, from the independence-leaning Democratic Progressive Party, she was in Hawaii and she uh, publicly said that Taiwan was going to ask to buy F-16s from the US. And a few days before the incursion as well, the US had sent warships into the Taiwan Strait. The third time in as many months. So you can see how uh, uh, this really, really agitated the Chinese. And again, as you said, you know, the last two uh, incursions, uh, August this year, that was when Health Secretary Alex Azar went to Taiwan, the highest level China, uh, US official to visit China, uh, Taiwan since the two sides, since China and the US had uh, uh, diplomatic ties in 1979. Uh, and then, of course, the latest one last month when uh, the Under Secretary of State Keith Krug visited Keith Taiwan. Krug. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and this too, the Chinese was really, really uh, um, pushing the envelope, as you said, because he is uh, from the State Department. So to the Chinese, this was really political. Alex Azar, you could actually say that, okay, it is about the pandemic, you know, he's gone there for mm -hmm. health, uh, you know, public health reasons. But this time, it was really political. And to them, this is really... Uh, going over the line for them. So it's, in a way, you could say it's tit for tat. So you, you cross my line on the One China policy, I'm going to cross yours on the median line. So, so actually, the Chinese are using that median line to uh, warn, to pressure uh, both Taiwan and the US about not pushing the envelope on Taiwan's independence. So now with this sort of uh, game going on, it's a very sort of tricky and volatile game. And it's both political and also in, in, in terms of hardware, in terms of military hardware on the ground because of the such, such close proximity, right? Yes. There is a certain unpredictability to it. Now in the South China Sea, for example, the, all the various navies operating there, including the US and Chinese navies actually have protocols. And although they, they harass, you know, you could say they harass each other or they, you know, hassle each other periodically, they have protocols and it's, fairly safe. I mean, the, the big risk is from a, a quasi-military civilian uh, Chinese Chinese vessel, for example, doing something, right? Yes. Is there any such protocol in place in uh, between Taiwan and China, uh, or has the, unpre the unpredictability factor gone up by sort of any order of magnitude lately? Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, certainly the unpredictability has gone up. Um, and uh, you, you just need an incident, you know, an, an unscripted uh, incident to happen to really, really send things on a downward spiral. Yeah. So, but um, if, if you looked at what the Chinese have done, they actually have been very careful about crossing the median line. So, okay, they sent 40 aircraft uh, during uh, Mr. Krug's visit to Taiwan, right? It, uh, between September 16th and September 19th. He left on the 19th. And then on Monday, September 20th, the Chinese sent a military transport aircraft into Taiwan's addicts, right? But it did not cross the median line. So um, you can say that what they've done so far, you know, crossing that line, has always been in response to um, certain incidents that to them has crossed the red line. But after Mr. Krak left, they are quite careful. They sent uh, not a fighter aircraft, they sent a military transport aircraft into Taiwan's addicts, but it did not cross that median line. So China is very careful as well. Yeah, it's because at this point in time, it, it cannot afford um, a hot war in the Taiwan Strait, really. Yeah, it's got so many other priorities. So if you look at, you know, um, the pandemic, it has done havoc to its uh, economic growth, to its plans to, to uh, eliminate extreme poverty by the end of this year, to uh, what they say uh, to reach, uh, achieve what they call, you know, a moderately prosperous society in time for next year's 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party's founding. So, so quite a lot is at stake, so they will be careful. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, if, if Taiwan and the US, you know, behave in a way that to them is provocative, and, uh, well, like I said, yes, the, the, uh, you could say that the risks have uh, risen, yeah, a few notches. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So it is in very specific to what is seen as U.S. provocation. That's quite interesting. So in the U.S., there is a debate uh, in the policy community over the merits of, you know, what we call strategic ambiguity. Will the U.S. respond if Taiwan is actually attacked? But, you know, from what you're saying, it's correct to assume that China is not going to go so far as to provoke or create an incident because the consequences would be unmanageable, right? I mean, China also has this issue going on with India on its other border. So it can't afford to be, you know, fighting all these all these battles, right? Yes, yes, that's true. Um, but um, the, the, there's just a bit uh, of this thing about the the strategic ambiguity point. Mm. So we, we do know that the Chinese are uh, will be careful, all right? They don't really want to provoke a war at this point in time. They're not ready to uh, take Taiwan at this point in time uh, uh, by force, yeah? They will still try to use peaceful means, what they call are peaceful means, 
yeah, it will try to squeeze uh, Taiwan's international space. It will try to, you know, um, uh, create economic problems for Taiwanese uh, within Taiwan, the farmers, by not buying uh, farm produce the way they have been buying from from the, from Taiwan, not sending their their tourists to Taiwan. Although, of course, now it's moot because of the pandemic. Yeah, but um, the, by having this strategic ambiguity, uh, there are s some people who think that it increases the risk of uh, of war in the Taiwan Strait, or at least confrontation within the Taiwan Strait. So um, Chinese scholars have been writing in in recent months on on this on this issue, right? So uh, the worry is that the Chinese think that the U.S. will not come to the aid of Taiwan when it comes to the crunch. Okay, so in the event of uh, an incident, uh, an unscripted incident, will China then uh, use that as an opportunity to then press its advantage or whatever to uh, take Taiwan um, militarily? Uh, mm -hmm. That that really really is is a big question, and the risks are there because the Chinese think that the U.S. will is unlikely to come to the aid of Taiwan. So uh, if you look at what they have been saying, what the scholars have been saying, um, uh, the, the thread of thought is that uh, the US has abandoned Taiwan before, all right? So in mm -hmm. 1972, when Richard Nixon, you know, uh, went into rapprochement with with the Chinese, that to them was an, uh, an abandonment of Taiwan. And then in 1979, of course, uh, President Jimmy Carter, he um, uh, normalized ties with China and uh, de-recognized Taiwan. Uh, right. And then, you know, uh, this, the one China policy of the US. So the sense is that what is happening now? Okay, the situation uh, that we see now, you know, this heightened rivalry between China and the US in, in the Western Pacific. To the Chinese, uh, this strong support that uh, the US is showing Taiwan at this point in time is because the US wants to contain China, right? So this strong support for Taiwan is basically because it wants to contain China at this point in time. So when it comes to the crunch, the Chinese think that mm -hmm. the US will not sacrifice its uh, key interests for the sake of Taiwan, right? right. Uh, yeah, so okay. um, yeah. So the, the, the risk really is that the, the Chinese okay. don't think that mm -hmm. The U.S. will come to the aid of Taiwan in the event right. okay. of an attack. Okay, right. Okay, thank you, Sunoi. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
So we are entering a very complex and potentially volatile phase right now with the U.S. barreling towards a crucial and very fraught election on November 3rd, nationalism in China, Taiwan caught in the middle of, a, like many other countries, but Taiwan especially caught in the middle of a deteriorating U.S.-China relationship. A lot of moving parts in this, which we will have to watch carefully and hope for the best in the weeks ahead. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.